Welcome to episode seven of More Than Just Maps. I'm your host, Ollie Powers. This podcast was created with the intent to help anyone in the GIS field get from where they are now to where they want to be, be that your first job, a career move, or just improving your GIS game overall. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tom Fisher of Cuyahoga County, Ohio. Tom and I discuss how he got his first taste of GIS as an Eagle Scout mapping out fire hydrants for his local community before starting a degree in forestry. His love of nature eventually led him back to GIS and some pretty resourceful strategies to get into the companies where he saw himself thriving. And now for part one of my interview with Tom Fisher. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Tom Fisher, the Enterprise GIS Applications Administrator for Cuyahoga County, Ohio. Hey Tom, how's it going? Hey, great, yourself? It's going good, especially considering what's going on these days. Oh, yes. Uh, Unprecedented times we are in. They certainly are. Um, To get us started, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you first got into GIS? Oh, sure. Well, let me start off by saying thank you um, for doing this podcast. I think it's a a great idea, um, and I'm very honored to uh, have been selected one of your first uh, participants. So thank you for that. So uh, my start in, in, in GIS, well, Actually, I think I've been preparing for this career for, well, ever since I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, and so that bears some explanation. First, I, I have to thank my mother and father uh, for affording me a lot of opportunity in my youth to kind of, I guess, develop a love of uh, place, geography, and, and things like that. So back in and, and I, this is sort of coming from perspective, uh, being older, at all those things that sort of influenced my life and my love of, of GIS or, you know, what became GIS and geography. But in 1983, my family, uh, similar to the Griswold family, uh, decided to load up the family truckster and move, uh, drive from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all the way out to California to go to Disneyland. And we drove all the way back. And so... At that point, I was 13 years old, I believe, at the time, uh, 1983, and uh, it gave me sort of uh, a good appreciation for the different places in the United States, Um, you know, going to national parks and and actually interacting with, uh, you know, Native Americans uh, in in a lot of the Southwest and going to places like that was was neat, Um, going to California and then coming back through Um, you know, Wyoming and uh, Montana and back through Chicago, it gave me a great understanding of of what, you know, sort of the lay of of a land. And and art imitates life. Um, That's exactly the same year that I'm not sure, Ollie, if you remember, but uh, there was a movie called Vacation has Chevy Chase and the Griswold family. It's the exact same year um, that that came out, that movie came out in theaters. And we actually had a green Buick estate station wagon similar to what they had in the movie. Um, really it was just by coincidence. Um, and so with that, we decided to, you know, in, in two years later, we decided to take another trip up to New England, um, and Maine and, and Canada, again, just understanding and appreciating, um, you know, the different, um, people, uh, the different geographies of the United States. And then I also had the opportunity when I was in, in high school to, uh, sign up to be a foreign exchange student, uh, and so I, I went to Yugoslavia and studied over there. 
that gave me an appreciation for you know different cultures around the world. Um, That's an interesting then, one. Yeah, it, it and, hear and it, a lot of people going to Yugoslavia. <laughs> no, and, and it was Yugoslavia, and again, it was it was prior to the to the the war, um, and I was in Sarajevo, which uh, if folks remember was uh, sort of the hot spot of of the war, mm-hmm. um, and I had a host family, and there was a lot of of tragedy, you know, that that befell my family there in Sarajevo uh, because of the war. And, you know, again, it's, it was about cultures clashing and it was about, um, you know, how these folks came together under Marshal Tito and how, uh, but they still never really got along. Um, and, and then they split up into, you know, Serbia, Croatia, uh, Bosnia, uh, and became separate states again or separate nations. Um, and so that, that sort of, you know, uh, gave me a perspective again on, you know, a, a geographic, like a human geography uh, perspective. And then, you know, back to, you know, things that influenced me and, and how I came to this, uh, this career was, yeah, it was an Eagle Scout, I am an Eagle Scout, um, and was in scouting, and my Eagle Scout project was actually mapping all the fire hydrants for my uh, municipality um, where I lived, and that was actually done on paper maps, so the, it was for the fire department so that in each of their first responder vehicles, they could have this map book that identified where the fire hydrants were located um, so that when they went on, on calls, they actually were able to uh, identify or locate them quickly uh, with these map books. I think that actually did a lot to, you know, influence me. But at the time, I didn't know that, um, you know, that, that this was going, that this could be a career. I think that's pretty common. Through- a lot of people I've talked to have started things very young in their lives, not realizing you could do this as a career. I, I know I certainly right. did not know that. Um, right. And when I found out, I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Sure. I, and, and, and quite honestly, um, I fell into uh, GIS pretty much the same way I think a lot of people my age did. Um, I actually went, uh, I, I thought what I wanted to be was a, you know, a forest ranger or somebody working in the national park system. You know, I went out uh, on a cycling trip in the Grand Tetons in Yellowstone National Park and uh, met some folks out there and, and said, boy, this is really what I want to do for, for a career. Where should I go to school? And, you know, they, a number of them listed off uh, great schools for forestry and wildlife range sciences. And, you know, University of Idaho was one that came up quite a bit. And so uh, me, being from Pittsburgh, uh, I applied to the University of Idaho um, many people in Pittsburgh have no idea where Idaho is, uh, but <laughs> at least I found out after I applied and was accepted. But then I went, I went out to the University of Idaho um, and thought, forestry and wildlife, this is great. And then I found out um, what kind of career prospects there were with that. Um, I think somebody had said that, you know, when you first start off, your payment is in Snickers and Sunsets. So uh, just the bare minimum, right? Uh, you have Sounds to really have right, an appreci- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have an appreciation for the outdoors um, more so than 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 uh, money uh, or you know, getting paid for it. And so I fell upon this, and and some of my uh, courses within the forestry department um, were remote sensing, aerial photography, uh, aerial photo interpretation, um, some surveying, and found out that I really enjoyed those. Uh, courses that I was taking, and uh, found out about this um, this n- new technology uh, called geographic information systems. Um, it was map making with computers, and that's really sort of how I fell into um, into this career. 
you know, my that degree, I graduated in the University of Idaho with a degree in cartography and geographic information systems. So, and came back uh, from the University of Idaho back to Pittsburgh um, and started my career with engineering and planning firm uh, called Wilbur Smith Associates. Uh, they're now CDM Smith, but uh, that's where my first job was right out of college. So that's kind of a you know, a long about way of getting there, but I, you know, I found that, uh, my, again, my love of place, you know, human geography, physical geography, uh, map making, it sort of all sort of culminated into this, into this career that, that I love today. So. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit how you got in at CDM Smith? Was it com- right after you had finished school or, or was it a couple years later? How did that go about? Because I know, um, a big thing these days for for people who are graduating, they just don't even know how to get their first job. So this is something I definitely want to give them the keys to is here's how sure. to get your first job, especially when you don't have experience in the field, because everyone wants you to have two to five years of experience for that entry level job. Absolutely. No. And and so I have to tell you that that the, you know, my first job offer out of college um, was with the Boise National Forest interestingly enough, um, doing cartography and GIS. Um, and so I had actually accepted that position, but still was looking in the, you know, in the Pittsburgh area aggressively, um, not in the normal channels. What I was doing was going and finding engineering firms and planning firms and actually making cold calls. Um, I was, I was calling to, um, network and say, Hey, um, uh, fresh GIS, uh, you know, graduate from college with a GIS degree, degree in cartography and GIS, and I'd just love to come down and see your operations and see what you guys are working on. And uh, you know, a few people were very suspect about that, um, but I did have the opportunity. I, I called um, CDM Smith, who actually was Wilbur Smith at the time, um, and they said, "Well, come on down, sure, uh, and and let's talk, uh, and bring your resume too." Just you know, and I said, "Sure, fine." I went down and talked and. Before I did with them, and as I did with all of the people that I went, I, I learned a little bit more about the company, what their current big projects were and where they were, you know, what kind of areas in, that they were working in, in, in like the spatial sciences and GIS, you know, to be a planning or engineering and that type of thing. And so I went in there sort of with some, some knowledge of what they did. It ended up that there was a project that, uh, that this office was starting with the Ohio Department of Transportation. Uh, it's called Origin Destination Studies. Uh, which actually required a lot of field work, um, you know, collecting information about where cars were were starting their trips and where they were ending their trips on the day. It was it was tough work, um, you know. It was it, it was uh, my foot in the door, but I'll tell you what it did was, and it really wasn't doing a lot of mapping to begin with. It was going out and doing data collection. Um, the mapping was to come later. Actually, collecting the data, you learned a lot about data integrity. Um, you know, maintenance of data, um, making sure that, you know, you don't lose the data, um, checking it for accuracy, uh, veracity, that type of thing. Um, corrupt, and I'm saying corrupt in like air quotes, because I'm guessing this was paper collection at the time. Right, it was. It was, it was completely paper collection. Um, it was, you know, we were, we were taking, we had clipboards and, and pieces of paper, and we were stopping cars on the road in 98 degree temperatures and, and oh asking gosh. questions. And, <laughs> Um, and it was, it was tough. I mean, it really was. And we were doing traffic counts to figure out what the annual average daily traffic was. 
what that did, all that data collection helped us to do modeling, right, um, of, of traffic flows to understand how to project future um, expansion of roadways. And so when we got back with all of this data, then we started to map it, right? And my career actually started, um, I was using MapInfo. Uh, all through college, I was using ArcInfo, uh, command line, Unix, uh, workstation. You know, the stories that you hear about the beginnings of GIS uh, and how uh, brutal it was. <laughs> uh, actually, when I, you know, with, with ArcInfo anyway, and, and so when I started, they were actually using MapInfo. And so I had to learn a completely different platform. Um, I was going to say, how is that? Because, I mean, I've never used MapInfo, but I've definitely, I've seen it and I've been interacting well, with people who use it. So how is that just learning one system then having to, to go to a completely different system? Well, I, I, and I'll tell you, that's, that's exactly the advice that I would, would give to anybody um, graduating is, is that it's, it's, it's more about your adaptability, right, when you're first starting out. I think everybody has expectations of what their career is going to look like when they first start at a job. But um, going in and, and having the flexibility and the adaptability and the resourcefulness of saying, hey, look, I may have learned, uh, you know, in college, ARC Info or this uh, platform. You know what? I'm willing to give it a try. Um, see what, you know, what I can do with MapInfo. Do data collection. Do the grunt work because there's value in that. There's there is uh, a lot of. Uh, I don't think everybody when they first start off is going to be the CEO of a corporation. Um, you really have to start at at the ground level and sort of build your knowledge of how data gets collected and how it gets put into systems and then how it gets uh, interpreted, analyzed, displayed, that type of thing. And the systems that you use are going to change. They're going. You know, when I came out of college, uh, we we were using. Uh, Word and Excel, but um, they were, you know, the, the company that I went to, they were using WordPerfect and Lotus, uh, nice. one, two, three, right? So yeah. again, it, you know, hey, it's out of your comfort zone, but I'll tell you what, I, I really thought that I, I really challenged myself to learn these new ways of, of, of doing work. And then the other thing I think that's very valuable when you first start off in your career is you learn how to uh, be responsible, Right. You got to get up every morning and you got to get to work by eight o'clock and you leave by five or you stay um, as long as it takes to get the job done. Um, plenty of times I spent all nighters uh, at, at my first job, um, you know, working on data models and things like that. Um, so you do what, what it takes and actually having the flexibility, I think, is the is the key. Right. So that's really where I started off. And, and another thing that I did, too, um, was. Uh, I worked in the winter months on the Pennsylvania Rail Plan, um, so I got to work with a very interesting uh, gentleman uh, by the name of Bill Metzger, um, who was a huge rail fan, um, and he understood railroads in Pennsylvania like the back of his hand. He was he was an exceptional um, person, and he actually took me under his wing, took me out uh, around Pennsylvania, and showed me some old rail lines, uh, some new rail lines, some educated me really on, on, on rail as far as a transportation, you know, network is concerned. And um, again, it's sort of take it all in. Don't, don't say, Hey, look, I, I'm not, um, you know, that's not really where I want to go uh, in my career. Um, try it out, test it out, see if, you know, uh, get it, because you, be a sponge and sort of learn uh, from those people. Um, and I think it gives you again, perspective. 
Um, oh, it definitely does. Me. I can attest to that. I yeah. want to start out. I mean, one of my first jobs was working for World Wildlife Fund doing, I was working on our river study and I was doing, this is exactly what I want to be doing, ecology, all this cool stuff. And now I am a uh, subject matter expert in public works. Definitely never what I thought I would be doing. And it just, oh, right. a, an opportunity came forward and I was able to take it. Sure. I mean, that's, and that's, that's it. You, you never know where opportunity is going to lie. So be open to to pretty much anything, I think, is the is kind of the advice that I would give, because, again, it, it, it helps you, uh, gives you perspective on things. Now, after the after about five years in that, um, actually, the other thing that I did uh, was worked in the toll road industry um, while I was in the Pittsburgh office of Wilbur Smith. And we did origin destination studies there and toll diversion studies and uh, electronic toll collection, which at the time I you know, when you have easy paths uh, today, that was just a dream um, in the early 90s. Um, and so I got to see how that stuff, you know, all evolved. I actually got a, quite a bit of uh, travel in. So when they asked me, they said, hey, do you want to go to Texas or do you want to go to Oklahoma or California or Washington State? Or, um, In fact, I actually had an opportunity to go to Brazil twice, uh, toll road work there and, and uh, build a network of roadways for toll diversion studies. And I'll tell you what, uh, again, it uh, just being open uh, and, and willing to, you know, take it all in, uh, you know, never say no to an opportunity um, because, you know, again, it will give you perspective. And, and so that's, that's what I did. Um, what and then I had another say to those people who would be like, that's not in my job description. Well, you know, what I've learned in, in public sector is, is at the bottom of every job description, <laughs> it, it says, and other duties as assigned um, as sort of the, the catch all. Um, and sort of, I, I take that, I take that, for what it's intended to be, and that is, is that there's a, a number of things that may not feel like it's sort of in your wheelhouse necessarily or part of your job description, uh, but we're really sort of all in this together. And as a team, um, you may be asked or called upon to do things that help the organization or uh, the collective. Um, and so don't, you know, hey, if it, if it takes stuffing envelopes, I think the, the uh, you do it right because um, you know it's it's a collective, it's a team effort. Uh, I don't think that even as a CEO, I have more respect for you know an executive or a CEO that gets down and and uh, does the work that uh, you know what you would consider an entry level position uh, doing if it needs to get done to make you know make things happen. So uh, yeah, never never ever run away from an opportunity because again, it'll give you perspective. You know, when somebody once asked me at my old position to sit down and answer phones uh, as the receptionist because there was uh, limited staff, I did. Um, as a manager, I sat down and answered the phone. And I'll tell you what, uh, it gave me a, a definitely a perspective on the way the other parts of the organization were run, you know, what kinds of calls that they get, questions that they get, that type of thing. And so, again, it gave me a perspective that I would never have otherwise had if I hadn't sat down and taken that phone call or taken phone calls for the organization. So, uh, yeah, don't don't shy away from that sort of thing. Um, it also shows you a willingness to, you know, be all in and be a participant. So that, that's that's kind of the, the advice that I would give to anybody starting out. Don't ever say that, you know, that's that's not part of, of, of why I signed up, you know, for this. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad I, I agree full, uh, like fully with that. So, yeah. I just see a lot of people being like, I don't want to do this, so I'm not going to. It's not in my job description. So, And I oh, think that's sure. it's not only hurting the company or whoever's asking 
that of you, it's hurting you as well because that's experience that you're not getting. And right. you don't know, even it might seem completely left field and not the kind of experience that you think you want or need, but you never know where that experience is going to come in handy down the line. Right. You just right. don't know at all. Well, and, and I, I take that, I'll take it back to my foreign exchange experience. Um, I had a, it was a course with uh, a world cultures teacher and he stood up in front of the class and he said, Hey, um, I want to offer somebody in this class the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, and then he went through an ex- exchange, you know, talked about the exchange program, American Field Service. And that was one day I took that home and said to my mom and dad that, uh, hey, I'd really like to experience something new and different, you know, sort of, you know, out of my comfort zone. And my mom and dad were very supportive of that. So I went back into that teacher the next day and said, hey, I want the experience of a lifetime. And he looked at me and didn't know what I was referring to. And I said, oh, I want to be a foreign exchange student. And he said, well, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, uh, again, as I said, it, it was out of my comfort zone. I'd never traveled uh, to a foreign country by myself. I was 17 years old and uh, living with a whole new family and experiencing a, a completely different culture uh, took me out of my, my comfort zone. And I think that actually helped gain, I gained a lot of perspective from that in my working career too, that, um, hey, this may not be uh, something that, that's comfortable, but if I'm expanding my boundaries, my boundaries will expand me. What do you think about doing hard things? Somebody asks you to do something and it's, it's hard and you know it's hard. And how, what is your, your view on pushing through that and getting well, it done? I, now I will tell you, as a manager, I, I, um, I ask my employees to challenge themselves. And the way I look at that is, is that, hey, this may not be something that you've ever done, but be resourceful, right? Go out there, be tenacious, ask questions. Uh, let me guide you if I can or when I can. Because again, like this coronavirus that we're, you know, a pandemic that we're currently experiencing right now, this has really put everybody out of their comfort zone, right? Um, and so uh, my team is out there exploring this new technologies with Esri and standing up a hub site and, uh, you know, applications and things that we've never had to actually implement before, but they're pushing themselves to get this done, right? On the other side of this, they're, they're going to have so much knowledge that was sort of thrust upon them and they had to adapt to it um, as well as me, uh, you know, that I think that the county actually, if you want to look at a silver lining or a glass half full perspective on the whole thing is, is that coming out on the other side, we're going to have a lot of skills and a lot of capabilities that we didn't have prior to, you know, the coronavirus. And I think that's going to help, you know, boost the county considerably um, because we've kind of stepped out of that comfort zone and we've, we've done things that essentially were hard, right? That's what I tell my, my, my young professionals as well is, is that, you know what, try. Uh, I will never fault you for trying. Um, and we can sit down and we can figure it out together. Uh, what I don't want is uh, somebody to say, no, I, that, I don't feel comfortable with that. I really don't want to do that because that's just laziness, quite honestly. Um, you know, it's just that, uh, you know, anything's possible with enough time and resources and money. <laughs> uh, we don't necessarily have that, uh, you know, luxuries of that, but it doesn't hurt to try, right? You know, it's, it's like Google, they say, you know, if you fail, uh, fail quickly, get up, brush yourself off, because you've actually learned something from failing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. 
Join us again in a couple of weeks for part two, where we talk about evolving GIS technology, nonprofits, and how knowing your audience is one of the most important things in any industry.